When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, we're about to play the first match of Sky Joust. And Sky Joust is using the Fight with Spirit system, which is a sports anime-inspired role-playing game, which means each game starts with the opening credits of the anime that we are playing. So, I think because this is divided up amongst four different teams, each team has their own version of the opening credits. We see the logo for Sky Joust on the screen, and like I think the screen is like flashing in and out as like Sky Joust uh, zooms out, and like it is flashing over images of people like putting on boots and gloves, like strapping reins onto birds, like strapping themselves into harnesses, gripping saddles, gripping reins, um, and like it all comes to a head where you see like this beautiful shot of the sky. And these two griffins like kind of circling each other in the sky and they pass each other. And there's a massive lens flare as the song really kicks into high gear. I think it's an establishing shot of the school on the mountainside. So it is a beautiful blue sky, green and gray kind of color palette with the school kind of against the mountain. And the first thing that we like, we kind of zoom into that school and we see the three of us uh, in that classic anime. We're like, it's the, the camera is low looking up at us. And mm-hmm. so we're all looking out, out at like nothing at like the future. We're all sitting there in our own like poses that we have. Uh, Torikoshi's at the top, but he's he's the one who's got his elbows on his knees kind of looking out. Uh, yeah, I think with that establishing shot of the three of them, uh, we see your three birds like lined up to each rider, like fly overhead, and we'll cut to the first character shot. Braith is Naruto running, uh, <laughs> running towards something that we can't see yet, and the last thing we see is him uh, cut into a slide, grab something off of the ground, and yeet himself off of a cliff. Okay, I like this. I like the idea of the Naruto running. It starts with Braith running towards the camera, and I think the camera will circle around Braith Mm -hmm. during the run. So, like, by the time it gets to the slide, we're actually behind Braith. So Braith will drop into the slide, grab something unseen, and then spill over the edge of a cliff. 
And that's when we like cut to an above shot of Braith like doing the skydiver thing and of yep. course lands on Squall Correct. and zips off screen. Exactly. Hell yes. So we've seen the establishing shot of the school and the trio and Braith doing this sweet run off the cliff. We see at first it's just a rippling wind through beautiful flowers and then the camera ascends higher and higher and the the beautiful aerial gardens of the school of the burning tails are visible from the air as though from a bird's back you're looking down on it and you know we get a we get a stereotypical moment of like the sun glinting off of a fountain somewhere in the garden sh- making everything kind of shimmer and glitter and then we get a sudden gust of wind with like little bits of bird feathers, I think, and uh, yellow flower petals and red flower petals, even blue flower petals that sweep through the air past the camera and transition to the next shot. And actually, Allie, I would like to transition into June's shot. June feels like a great uh, middle section character. Sure. Uh, That's where we usually put the tough guys. Maybe it's even an abstract background for this shot, um, Mm -hmm. the way one, one has sometimes in an anime intro. Uh, there's an abstract background of some kind, watercolory looking uh, background, and we see June's hand, light skinned, long fingers in a, a, a red Audrin jacket sleeve, actually, reach uh-huh. up into the shot, and then we see the the large beak and part of the the head of the Saker Falcon descend into the shot to meet the hand. And then the camera immediately jumps outward, wide shot of June and this bird having this tender connection. And then I think kind of how the camera was circling around Braith doing this cool run, we mm-hmm. get a sudden sweep of the camera and now June and the bird are like superimposed on each other, facing away from each other. Oh, and there's, that's cool. There's this golden ping of light in both of their eyes. Uh, before the Saker Falcon spreads its wings and June turns and her braid flies over her shoulder. I love that. I would like to layer on this shot where where the beak and hands are coming to each other. I love the idea of this shot starting with June's arm in the uh, red Audrin jacket. Mm, but yes. I kind of picture like Sailor Moon style, like you know how there are like ribbons of, of uh, transformation transitioning. I think like ribbons wrap around the jacket as it like as it's like at the halfway point uh, to reaching the beak, and cha- it changes the jacket from the red Audrin jacket into the yellow Audrin jacket. Yeah. Um, and then I think like when the hand and the beak like really come together, it uh, bursts and changes into like the team uniform for the yes. burning tails. Yes. Uh, so yeah, you've got this like real transitional energy. And then yeah, that shot of showing uh, the full connection between June and this bird. And I think it looks a little bit scary, a little oh, yeah. bit intimidating. Yeah, that moment where the the gold light hits both of their eyes and then the bird spreads its wings in a very like sort of attack sort of uh, gesture. And mm-hmm. when June turns and her hair, her braid, long ginger braid goes flying over her shoulder, it's in a very like chin drop, eyes burning anime kind of action ready pose. Yeah, she has a little bit of like Falcon-esque uh like glint to her features as well. I love that. Coming out of this dive from the cliff, you can see Braith, uh, what he picked up was some kind of uh, firework that smokes, sends off big plumes. 
and he is um, fiddling with it with his hands, trying to open it up, and then he finally snaps it, and it works, and he holds it behind him, and the last shot you see is him on Squall flying up behind the other two characters, and there's just a big plume of... I think it's a really striking red against the blue sky, and there's just there's smoke, and well, you... if 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 like it's a firework with smoke, then all three people could have one of the colors, right? Oh, that's true. Yeah, you guys could have one on on the ground, or if you wanted to be on your birds as well. But either way, Braith flies up from behind uh, in a striking pose with smoke flying behind him. I like the idea. Yeah, and I love Braith having like this this you know, red smoke, I think that... Uh, oh, or the other characters could be on their birds as well and they'd fly up beside him and join him in flight with the smoke. That's kind of what I thought, is okay. like, yeah it, yeah, it like it goes and I, I feel like it ends with uh, the three birds like kind of braiding those colors together. Yeah. And then like the camera will sweep around from that to the ground where you see the old men, the old flyers, uh, uh, like who are dressed up in like the Japanese style cheerleading uniforms with the headbands and, and the torches and whatnot, who are just like, so pumped to see the burning tails in flight, shouting their excitement from from like the stands. It is one of those shots where we see the character. They're in like a field, and it is there's like tall grass up to their their knees. Uh, it is an above shot, so we're not seeing the horizon. We're just seeing the character, and the camera slowly goes around them. But there's like shadows passing overhead of like birds. Into the shot comes. Uh, a bunch of falling leaves as we kind of have a look on Torokoshi uh, as he's he's got like a solemn look on his face and as it pulls around him we see he's got an arrow and his bow in his hand we see him draw and the camera goes down to the arrow and follows the arrow as it uh, hits uh, like a bullseye heck yes um and like I feel like the the bullseye kind of explodes, and we get just more flashing shots of you know jousting action of like lances hitting shields and swords clashing against one another, uh, like people dropping uh, like silhouettes dropping uh, for Tengu Dori clashes and whatnot, um, birds swirling around each other, and then we get more flashes of the uh, Burning Tales school. And we can see like lines and lines of burning tail jousters that are wearing iterations of the uniform throughout the team's history, uh, leading up in this line till like it gets more and more modern. And then we see an image, uh, an image of Tomoe Honda with like uh, Valkyrie next to her, and like Tomoe has her arms crossed. Valkyrie like looks like a little bit cocky, but like knowing and excited. And I feel like there is another like lens flare glint off of uh, something of like Tomoe's like uniform or demeanor. I'd love Drew. What is uh, an iconic like accessory that that Tomoe wears, uh, kind of denoting her expertise and authority as like the head of the school? She's got pauldrons on, like armor. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. So, like, yeah, her, her her pauldrons glint, and, like, we see her arms crossed, and she just looks 
fierce, like absolutely fierce. You can see every battle she's ever won reflected in the look that she is giving the camera. And then the camera like does a smash cut to like see uh, the overall like dramatic impact of like everything this school has built up and everything it's accomplished. You can see all of the, the birds that the school has produced like swirling in the air. And then we look back towards uh, a, a shot that mirrors the intro shot that we saw of like the characters like looking from their perspective. But we can see like the weight of this school dwarfing their perspective as they are looking on at the legacy of this school. And it flashes once more to Sky Joust Burning Tales. That's our that's our anime credit intro. It's so good. Yeah, I am pumped. My only my only ask for this whole session is that at some point we do a commercial break. Uh, oh, yes. So yes. there there's that thing in the middle where oh, yeah. <laughs> Sky Joust. Sky Joust. Yes, oh. yes. <laughs> we will we will find the commercial <laughs> breaks. I mean, there's got to be at least one commercial break point between yep. uh, daily life and the the match itself. So and that, oh, for sure. and that title card's got to be funny. Like it's got to yes. be like a funny picture. Oh, it's it's got to be like the uh, you know the 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 like kind of thematic uh, tableaus that that different animes do. Yeah, I love yeah. those. No, we we gotta we gotta do those. All right, so we are moving on to the daily life slash event phase of the game. What are people feeling? Do we want to center this around some kind of uh, specific event? Um, could, could this be like the, the training uh, that uh, people are undergoing? Um, and, and another question is, has Tori Koshi been named captain yet? Or how's that? That's a really good question. Uh, it, I think the options are either it has just happened, as in like we start the scene and Braith and June don't know yet, and Torikoshi is coming from just re- becoming captain, um, or that happens in the scene. Yeah. I, well, Drew, I'll put this to you. I think we'll we'll make it your turn first, and I think this will be a scene um, as opposed to your tableau, um, but. This can either be, uh, uh, yeah, this is either, uh, uh, this is either Divya, uh, or I think maybe Divya and Tomoe, um, telling Torikoshi that he is going to be captain of the team now and that he will be captaining the two new recruits who just came to train, or, uh, this is, uh, like him coming from that meeting to talk to Braith and June. I like, I like setting it up where it's the three of us talking. Uh, so it's, if we, if we start out with Braith and June in training and we kind of see what that looks like, um, we can then like jump to, to Torikoshi as he comes in and like comes out to the platform and like calls them in to like talk to them. I like that a lot. Um, which I think the question that that this leads us to is what is the training that Braith and June are currently doing? I feel like it has to be I, I'm feeling obstacles. It's not a speed run. Um, it's gotta be obstacles to like help us 
learn to like assess what strategies to use and also like work together. So I think whatever we're doing, we are, uh, we are on, on birds and we are having to work together through some sort of obstacle task. Ooh. Okay. I like that. It might be running routes between the, the various like island gardens. Um, mm, yeah. That's the obstacle course in and of itself is like how you have to weave between them, which one you go to and what task you are doing on them. Um, so, yeah, uh, I would like a description of uh, what June is doing for for this. Uh, I think June is on the Saker Falcon and is June has like a container of some kind, a net maybe. And the net has Mm -hmm. like these, uh, supply drop items in it. Like, like, uh, generic item crates or something, uh, or even bags. Um, what if they're not props? What if like, these are very real tools that people who are working in the gardens need and that you have to deliver? Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, there's, yeah, there's, there are real supplies. There's, um, uh, gardening supplies and like irrigation supplies and like replacement parts for like uh, various tools and uh, others, other other things that people would need who are working in these gardens at the school. Um, it could and- also just be water, buckets of water, like yeah, jugs like of water. or little barrels of water that you have to like fly over so that people can water the plants in this garden, and you got to do it very quickly to not waste their time and whatnot. Okay. Yeah. So they're little barrels of water. Um, they can go in any order, but that's where the strategy comes in that like we have to decide, uh, how to navigate this task. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I, I, I want to know, like, because like communicating June's kind of like brash, uh, and bold personality, just describe for us June landing on one of these islands and like, uh, dropping her supplies before hopping back on the bird. So I think the people who are involved in the res- the receiving of these items are aware that June and Braith are not really from here and that they are uh, here completing a-, a series of training tasks. Um, but June is still very much in the mindset of like uh, Swiftwell work. Um, and so she's trying to be friendly and professional sounding, but she's also kind of brusque because she's in a rush. Um, and so she, the Falcon swoops in and lands, um, June like elegantly and like fearlessly slides out of the saddle to unlatch one of the water barrels and like turns and kind of rolls this barrel at the nearest person, like (laughs) gently, but fast, right? Like without warning and is already climbing back up into the saddle as she says, um, you know. Water delivery. Thank you so much for your time. And like climbs back up into the saddle and is like gone. Yeah, I think I think there is a situation of I think there's a situation of like that anime surprise moment of this person clearly not expecting the barrel to come to them so quickly. And also a Batman, the animated series style as they turn around to thank you, you are already in the air flying away. Yes. Drew, Mm. because we are in a sports anime, what I would like from you is the kind of introductory monologue from Tokoroshi about the Burning Tail School and what they are about. So 
over these uh, images that uh, Mel and Ali are going to be putting down, what is Tokoroshi like explaining like, I am Tokoroshi and this is my school and this is what we're about? Yeah, uh, Tokoroshi, as he, as we see these images of them, of them flying, we hear Torakoshi talk. This is the Burning Tail School, one of the oldest schools in Sphere for jousting. Here, we believe in beauty, we believe in honesty, we believe in doing what's right and what's good. And because of that, we lose all the time. All the time. Look at that. Look at what she's doing right there. It's too sloppy. It's too slow. And look at him. I don't even know who he is yet. What's going on here? Um, we'll cut to Braith. I want to know what is Braith's what, – what does it look like to communicate Braith's personality as he drops off uh, his barrels? Braith is definitely speeding. Um, I think uh, to in order to deliver the barrel – He's constructed some rudimentary parachutes so that he can pull up, kind of float in the air, let go of the barrel so it doesn't have any, like, sideways motion. He just kind of expertly lets go and he knows exactly where it's going to land and then he just takes off again. (laughs) Yeah, I like the idea that, yeah, Braith is not even getting off the bird, is just flying this absolutely wild daredevil pass and i will say to braith's credit this uh parachute setup is working like the barrel stops exactly where it needs to and whatnot i think the thing that braith is not anticipating is the massive gust of wind that comes with him doing this pass like blows hats off of people's heads and like rolls tools over and whatnot (laughs) and it leaves people kind of scratching their heads my name is Torakoshi. Torakoshi Honda. And if that name sounds familiar, well, it should be. My grandmother started the school. And me? Well, I just fly here, apparently. Um, Drew, can you describe your character for us? Um, uh, as they're, like, approaching where June and Braith are landing from, from their latest sprint. Uh, we see Torakoshi coming out from the school onto like a big wooden uh like uh like patio area but it's it's obviously like connected just to the side of the mountain so it's like a landing pad it's you see there's like a couple of tables and chairs kind of out as well like people come out here and sit and like look out um but there's also like a big uh, the logo of the school is lacquered into the floor because this obviously is also where like birds land and take off from as well. Uh, and we see Torakoshi coming out from inside of the school and he is a young man, about 18. Uh, he has uh, dark eyes and, 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 uh, and dark hair. His hair is, is long, but as of right now, it's in like a ponytail or kind of like into a bun. Um, and he's wearing the, uh, the uniform of the school. He's tall. He's thin. Uh, he's lanky. Uh, he's everything that a bird rider should be. He's well muscled and he moves with this kind of quick grace to him. And as we see him walk in, we can still hear his voice overgoing. I just fly here, apparently. And then he steps outside until today. Today, things are going to be different. 
And uh, I think what he does is he steps out onto the platform and he goes over to the edge of it and there is a bunch of flags that are just kind of set up. And he goes and he gets the appropriate flags and kind of puts them into pegs to get the attention of June and Braith out flying to like signal them to come on in. Perfect. Yeah. And I, I feel like these two kind of swoop in right away. Sky Joust. Hey heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to Sky Joust, the special miniseries that's premiering here on the campaign Skyjacks feed. First up, we've got the Burning Tales. You'll be following June, Braith, and Torikoshi for the next few weeks through their full first arc. Once the Burning Tales wrap their story, we'll provide a sampler of the other teams in Sky Joust. After that, we'll return to the main campaign Skyjacks story, and Sky Joust will move over to its own feed. I want to give a huge thank you to our editor on this series, Allie Grauer, and of course to Arnie Parrott for the new Sky Joust theme, which you'll be able to hear at the end of this episode. As always, a huge thank you to our backers on Patreon. Without you, we would not be able to make this show. We certainly wouldn't have been able to make this very ambitious spin-off miniseries. And when you get to hear what we've done with it, my goodness, are you going to be glad that you supported us. But heroes, I am happy to say that I believe we will have more Patreon backers very soon. Because May 15th through the 31st, we're going to be running the first one-shot network Patreon drive that we have run since the start of the pandemic. We're restructuring our levels and we've got all sorts of cool incentives for you to join up during our drive. One of those incentives is if we hit enough of our goals, we will release the full unreleased audio from Campaign Star Wars. I think there are over four episodes that people have never heard before. And that all comes with new and upgrading Patreon backers. So get ready for that and the cool events that we're going to be doing throughout the drive. Now then, before we get back to the show, a quick word from our sponsors. And with all that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. It's it's probably wild for the audience to think of it this way, um, but you know this is a school that prioritizes beauty and grace um, in flight and all that. So that typical cavalier, swift, well courier brashness that everybody at the school is familiar with. Oh, what's really cool is that the platform is made in such a way that you can't do like a, you have to do like a hover stop. Like you can't just like land. You have to do a, an elegant kind of like you have to go up and then slowly bring yourself down. Um, I kind of feel that that means that either Braith or June has to bounce their bird off the platform first. Like their bird like lands, jumps with its feet so that it gets back into the air so it can do a quick turn and land moving a little bit more slowly. Mm -hmm. Um, But with uh, the two of them landed, I want, uh, as you come down off of your birds, I would like each Braith and June to quickly describe yourselves to the audience, what you look like at this particular juncture in your character's history, so that everybody gets a clear image in their minds. Uh, June Hymnal is... 14? 15. 15. She had a birthday. Uh, She is lanky and tall for her age, of a slender but strong build. She has a long braid of ginger, you know, reddish hair uh, that the braid uh, characteristically 
falls over her shoulder or down her back. She has a light dusting of freckles across her cheeks and nose, uh, light gray eyes, a permanent furrow between her brows, uh, and a very serious <laughs> chin. She has uh, a variety of scars, I think, on her um, hands and arms that are not visible at first glance, uh, but up close you can start to notice more and more of them um, from various scrapes and scraps. I believe she has a scar on her cheek, her upper cheekbone right now. Um, I'm confirming that at the moment. Stand by. She does! It's a scar! It's on her right cheekbone. Um... It's a couple inches long. It's light. It's not particularly jagged or anything. It's a clean cut. Um, she has a seriousness about her that is is usually linked to, like, hunger, but not necessarily hunger of actual food, but of something, something else. Something more is going on there under the surface. Um, she is currently wearing, um, I think... We're all wearing the uniform already, correct? Um, you could this be. Role. This is training, so... Okay, uh. so she's wearing a, a training variant of the clothes. Uh, there's, like, a, a gray... Well, well, let's say there's a there's a blue Henley shirt, long-sleeved, and flight gloves, and, um, you know, uh, flight trousers with lots of pockets and, like, uh, drawstrings everywhere, um, and uh, standard lace-up boots. Um, and uh, a lighter version of the jacket. She's looking as though she has been working very hard at something that shouldn't be so difficult, uh, in her opinion. Um, and she, I think she's the one probably who does the bounce landing. She comes in a little too steep and the Saker Falcon has to recover and then try again. And she, that's one of the reasons why she's frowning at the moment because she feels like she should have had that on the first go and she didn't. Braith is currently wearing a Henley with rolled up sleeves and um, he has specific flying bracers that he wears to protect his palms and his forearms um, from the trick flying that he does. Um, he hops off of his bird and brushes off uh, his trousers, which are just like a nice uh, linen that is good for for training it's got padding and um various things to to make them more comfortable and flexible and he looks up and kind of tosses his hair back uh braith has dusty blonde hair um and it is kind of falling into his face right now because throughout his travels he has not had as much time as he would like to find a place to get a haircut but it is wavy, blonde, and falling uh, into his eyes a bit. Cool. Cool. Um, oh, oh, actually, Braith has a new addition to his description. You gave him a scar. I did. Somebody. Yeah. I gave, Where did I say it was? It's like, on the jaw. Oh, that's right. Like right, right on the jawline. Um, just a nice long scar right there. How long ago did this injury happen? Um... I guess it doesn't matter because the timeline is a little bit nebulous, but let's say like a month ago. month ago. Okay. Oh, is, it, is it still stitched? Uh, I think the stitches are out. It's just kind of an angry red line right now. So maybe the stitches oh, cool. have been out for a month. Maybe. Um, yeah. 
I I like it. I like this because there is a chance that on Braith's adventure with Bobby Jean that that maybe somehow that scar happened there. Uh, interesting, interesting, intriguing. We will find out more about that. I am sure. Um, but Tori Koshi, like you have uh, these two people in front of you that you've just waved down with your flag. So Tori Koshi sees the two of them get off their birds and walk across the platform. Uh, and uh, I imagine he stands there. He unbuttons his his jacket. Uh, he's kind of reeling a little bit from like what has happened before, what's happening now, and kind of like kind of lost in the moment. But he unbuttons his jacket, kind of puts his his fists on his hips as he stands there watching him walk over. And uh, like I said, Torko, she's like eighteen, so he's significantly older than the two, like three years older than the these these two. Um, in his opinion, children. Uh, who are are coming over here? As they get closer, he he looks at them and goes, "Hi, hey, yeah, uh, it's um, Brad." What? No. The no, birds it's... look at each other. Yeah. <laughs> and Brad, I'm so not not Brett Jane, right? Uh, no. Um, this is Braith Ashworth, and I'm June Hymnal. Braith. Wraith and June. We've That's met right. like four times. Did we? Yeah. I'm so sorry. I didn't remember your faces. Uh, no, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's not a big deal. You guys are relatively new, right? Yeah. We've been yeah, here for yeah. like a week. Yeah. So relatively new. Yeah. Uh, so how do you think that went? The exercise? Yes. Uh, fine. We We did it. June okay. gestures and all of the barrels of water have been delivered. Good. And and you, Braith? It's not that hard. It's Braith. 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 No, no, no. It's not. I'm I'm just making sure. As usual, deliveries went perfectly. Everything was delivered. Okay. Okay. Uh, so what do you think you guys did good? And what do you think you did bad? Sorry, can you- clarify um you're like the same age as us who are you i'm not the same age as you i'm i'm 18 uh and and you are are 12 13 15 15. 16 16 all right so i have stubble dude come on uh to which to which torikoshi kind of look gets looks a little closer and goes oh yeah yeah i i do see you have a beard coming in You've worked on that all of what six, seven months? This is brutal. <laughs> yeah, it's not. It's not, bro. It's Captain. 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 You should have led with uh, that. You know. Yeah. That might have yeah, made things waiting, easier. I was waiting for the dramatic moment, and this is it. This is the good one. This, this is, is the, the dramatic, dramatic moment. moment. Okay. Interesting You're captain way to now? make an impression. But it is made now. Captain means something probably very different to Braith and June uh than it might mean to Tori Koshi. So I'm I'm curious what what springs to mind like for for the two of you when somebody introduces themselves as captain. I think June immediately kind of like looks past Tori Koshi and then behind them in trying to see if there is a ship somewhere, any kind of b- sky skiff or boat or anything, any indication that he would be captain of something. Because um, if there is no indication, she feels like he's making shit up. Because <laughs> I don't know why he would be called captain otherwise. Um, 
I think Braith has run into a decent number of people that call themselves captains, so it's kind of passe to him at this point. Mm. <laughs> a lot of captains of the world. <laughs> June frowns and like raises her hand. Yes, June. Uh, 15. Yes. Um, Captain of what exactly? That is a great question. Uh, I am your team captain. Team captain. Team captain. It is, you guys have only been here a week. So when it comes to jousting, we usually do it in teams of three. And uh, I am your captain. Goodness. As of so, sorry, just now. As, as of just no, 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 now. No, no, no. No, no, no. Just Break. now. 16. Cool. So here's the thing. We're training, right? Um, what would create a situation where we need a captain? You're gonna, I'm gonna need like a lot more clarification here. That is also a great question. Uh, let, let's sit down. And he points over to some chairs and like a table that's like at the edge of the platform, and there's like, like a little viewing deck. Uh, so like on the platform, there's like a, a circle that goes off of it that's like a viewing place. Let, let's sit down. Let, let's sit down for a second. Um, and uh, he goes over and, like, sits down. June exchanges a look with Braith and follows um, and sits in one of the chairs near there. Uh, Braith follows but doesn't sit and just starts stretching and says, it's bad to sit after a workout. You got to stretch it out. Okay. Okay. Uh you know what? I will bow to that expertise because first thing, okay, here's the thing. And we see Turakoshi put his elbows on the table and he goes, okay, um, I'm obviously not, I'm, I'm, I've gotten off on the wrong foot here and I, I apologize for that. Um, I, I am, I'm new to this. I've never been a captain before. I'm going to get that off the, off the table real quick. Drew, I would uh, like to play a, a trouble token against you you are oh, please right now softening this character and i like that i think that's good however i want to add a delicious twist to this please and for that just a quick flashback to the the moment after you have been informed by your grandmother and your current coach uh whom i'm gonna pull up the names uh by uh, Tomoe and uh, Divya that you are going to be the captain of the team for this year, that both of the senior players who, you know, like if the captain was actually like out of commission, the next most senior player would have taken over. Something happened to both of them. And I'll, I'll allow us to establish that later. Um, but, you know, you are like kind of it, it's not curt but like you're brought in front of tomoe and you're brought in front of divya and they very matter-of-factly inform you that you are going to be captain for this year for the remainder of this year's season going into the quarterfinals like this washes over you um and i kind of think there is like a moment where this is this hits you with such impact that there's like a ringing in your ears and everybody kind of sounds like they're at the bottom of a well as like all of this responsibility is washing over you and you're like almost in a daze uh, as they're like going through it but Towards the end, Divya will like th there's like this awkwardness where, you know, the, the, the implication is that like 
we need you to start you know training with with the recruits right away because the people who are just here to train are actually going to be on the team. They've gotten special dispensation from the Swiftwell Courier Service to loan out these kids to the team to finish out the season. Um, so Divya like uh, has to you know do some paperwork or something to prepare the the training session, but you're you're expected to start off. And Tomoe calls you back for a moment and goes, uh, grandson, uh, a moment. Uh, of, of course, grandmother. Uh, Captain, uh, uh, coach, coach, thank you so much. Yes, grandmother. There is like, uh, it, her expression to you is unreadable. I think to all the rest of the world, like a, a thin smile crosses her face as she looks over your your features and like, the she can like very clearly see the stress that has just weighed down on you, like the enormity of the situation that has been placed on your shoulders. She looks at you sternly. This is a great honor and a great responsibility. You yes, grandmother. are the youngest captain that we have had in some time. <sighs> yes, grandmother. No one expects too much of you. Oh, um. And yes, grandmother. She she smiles in a way that she thinks is encouraging. Oh, ooh. <laughs> that's so good. And I think Torikoshi looks at her, takes in the smile, and uh, he reciprocates it. It is this reflex that he does. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people in his family does. When grandmother smiles at you in this way, you smile back. Um, and, but the smile only touches like the corners of his eyes. Like it's just the crinkles that's Mm. to, to indicate that I am reciprocating the gesture. Not that anything's really there at the moment. Like there, there is no genuine warmth to it. Um, so instead of processing your emotions, you've trained up physical reflexes to convince everyone around you that you're okay. Yes, love absolutely. that. Love that for him. <laughs> Poor child. And and uh we see Torikoshi give like a slight bow and uh turn around and uh go and uh and before I'm sorry, before he turns around he goes, "Am I just miss grandmother?" Uh I think uh she nods in a way that she thinks is kind. Thank you. Thank you, grandmother. I will go speak to my new team. I appreciate this opportunity. I will not let you down. And he walks out. And I think as he walks out, he goes, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and okay. so that that is the trouble that I have given you is that through, I think, right-hearted miscommunications, Torikoshi is now carrying a big old chip. Yeah, yeah. Which is why he came in really strong. Really hot. Uh, this poor child. And we see him like he, he sits down at the table there. We we see this whole flashback kind of hit him as uh as he he we see that he he unbuttoned his coat before and he unbuttons the top of his Henley too. Uh and it's cold up here. It's not like it's warm <laughs> up, up here in the mountain. <laughs> There's a nice breeze that rolls it's, through. It's a nice breeze rolling through. He takes like his his like heavy gloves out of his belt and puts them on the table and he goes okay i feel like i came in really hot here and i i 
I get I get the defensiveness. I get it. I understand. Let's try this again. Hi. I'm Torikoshi. You are June 15. You are Braith 16. We're a team. Uh, we are the team. What for happened? the up That is a that is a very good question. Yeah, what about what happened literally everybody. Yeah, like there were a couple other people that were flying and it's in the middle of a season. So this is a question that I'll put to Drew. Drew, like, what do you think, what level of bad thing happened? Because, like, obviously, to take people out of a season, especially going into an important match, it's kind of, it's like a big deal, but it doesn't need to be, oh, they got so injured that they can't play kind of deal. No, no, I, I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about it all day, actually. I was trying to think about like exactly what happened to these people. I think it's two things. I think it's one: all the rest of the school is either too old or too young. Mm, that makes uh, sense. Like we are at the 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 center. Right, this particular tournament is for this age bracket. Right. Yeah, this age bracket only runs uh, fourteen through 18 so it, it's kind of like a narrow bracket and it makes sense to me that especially like a school that isn't overwhelming with funds keeps teams small so that they you know aren't forced to field that many people at the same time i, I have a Go suggestion i think please, 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 one please. of them just had a birthday and it knocked them out of the age range interesting they turned 19, and so they were no longer allowed to compete. Okay, so they knew one of them. Oh, maybe that's it. They knew the captain was going to age out midseason. And yeah. so they were just like, we're going to run with this captain. Until then, we're going to cycle in someone new at some point. Um, but the person who is more senior to Torikoshi will take over. And the real surprise is that person like dropped out. And that also the new recruit out, yeah. is not coming. Yeah. Oh, okay. So yeah, the new recruit just got cold feet. Like it was oh. just a, like, it was just a fear thing. It was, they, they thought they were ready to do it. And at the last second, they're like, I can't, I can't do this. That's fair. And, and we're like, but that's fair. That's completely okay. I think the other thing, the person who was supposed to take over, I think they had, a surprise engagement come up for them. What if they just Marriage? straight up eloped? Like, what if they're like oh, a 16-year-old who's I like love that. running off to elope? That's, uh, they're having their own like wild coming of age adventure right now. I love that. That's exactly what happened. They had a, a whirlwind romance that came out of nowhere. They Romeo and Juliet yeah, it. They're probably they not getting away. married. They're probably having a wild adventure where they learn a very important lesson. But yes, uh, yes, yes, yes. They're off. They're off doing their wild adventure at this point. And so, uh, and it's so funny because uh, grandmother would completely understand that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. This these things happen. And so, Torikoshi, you're going to step up and like that's that's where we're at and so Torikoshi's at the table going well our captain who is supposed to take over and, and be in this spot they are away right now an adventure I guess is what we could say it was all sudden I, I don't know if that's ever happened to any of you. I feel like he says the word adventure and both Braith and June <laughs> without looking at each other just start nodding 
like vehemently. Yep. Okay. Okay. And the other one, they weren't ready. That's all there is to it. And that's okay. So here we are. The three of us in the quarterfinals. And we are going to fly. We're going to fly together. And we're going to make this happen. Okay. Any questions? Uh, uh, when is the next match? That's the good thing. We have plenty of time to take care of this. I just wanted to make sure that we understood each other on, on the same page. There's like a month before the, the next match. And there's like this cluster of like, it goes the the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the final match. Like pretty quickly. So 30, 30 days is what we've got to whip ourselves into a team who can go out there with some of the big guys. You know, you know, some of them, the mountains of dues, uh, the pepper, the pepper jacks, um, the, uh, uh, the Colby jacks as well. You know, um, there's also the, uh, the Zelamods, them. Um, I'm, I'm just gonna, excuse me one second. And we see Turkoshi stand up and, uh, literally take a lap. Where he goes, just give me a second. He takes a whole lap around the pavilion, just walking around, silently kind of talking to himself uh, and leaving. And I think the camera kind of lingers on Braith and June as they see him do this lap where he talks to himself for a little bit and come back and sit down and go. So we're a team. And we have a month to become as good of a team as we possibly can be. Are you both okay with that? Like, I'm not going to jump onto this team if the two of you don't want to do that. Um, I mean, uh, Torikoshi, you, you, you seem kind of nervous about this. Oh, uh, really? Yes. Okay. Uh, duly noted. Uh, I mean, that's not that's not a judgment, just an observation, sir. I thought I would point it out. I don't think so you have to call me sir. Captain. 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 Captain is nice. Okay. Um, Let's try captain for a while. Oh, okay. Uh, captain. Um, I mean, to be perfectly honest, uh, from what I gather, the burning tails are um, usually the bottom of the bracket anyway. <sighs> so... I don't think we have much to lose by trying, right? Yes. And also, no. There... And it, we, we see him just turn to Braith. Are you willing to do this? Is this is this a thing that you're you're willing to do, Braith 16? I didn't... Can you just use my first name? I don't need my age repeated every single time you address me. Not for you, that's for me. Okay, but I hear it every time. Anyway, yeah, okay. look, I'm not... I, I will say it in my head then. Thank you. Uh, you're, I'm you're, not here f- here for nothing. I feel I'm, like you're you're kind of like a problem. I just need to like know that you're you're not gonna <laughs> be one. Uh, I just come off that way. Um, you know, I'm, I'm I'm here for a reason. I came here to learn, and I came here to, you know, improve improve my craft. Um, and if the way we're going to do it is through competition, then let's go. That's what grandmother says. There's no better teacher than competition. Well, okay, I so. love to hear that. Um, oh, God. And stepping out is a woman who, what, what do we want to say height-wise for Divya? 
I want her to be short and fearsome. Okay, so this is just a thing with like uh, some of the jousting champions that we've identified. Like Hildred is is a good five two. I'm gonna give Divya five four. I'll say Divya is a little bit taller, um, and fearsome is the way that I would describe it. Uh, I think uh, Hildred had a lot of like really thick, bulky muscle. Divya is, I think, a little bit more lean with with like kind of a wiry frame to her. She has dark hair and um, I'd say like dark kind of like bronzy brown skin. Her hair is like up in this long braid that that runs down uh, her back, I think like a to her mid back. She is wearing like a sort of you know, more adult looking version of the uniform. Uh, this is like more of a coaching uniform and she does have a whistle uh, that goes with it. Uh, it is not a traditional sports whistle. I think it's a longer whistle that probably can be heard over greater distances. Um, she is uh, like, like notably, she has only one leg and she's got kind of a a curved metal uh, uh, prosthetic leg. And she walks like, you know, it, it's a very easy gait, but like clearly there is a little bit of favoring. And I think right now she has a cane as well. We can also see that as as much as like like she's got this ponytail and whatnot, like part of her scalp and one of her eyes uh, is very scarred up. Uh, I think she has a eye patch on um, and like scars that run up around like sort of the the backside of her head uh, cutting into her long black hair. But she carries this like very kind of I, I want to say like charismatic grace to her. Um, it's very cocky. Uh, she's definitely sipping a bit of the punch that that Braith Ashworth like sips every day. Uh, she walks up and goes, I am so glad to hear that people are willing to learn through competition because that's exactly what we're going to do. And Hymnal, you're right. We are normally at the bottom of the listings year after year after year. Tori Koshi, uh, how yes, many yes, years? Yes, coach. How many years have we finished in the bottom bracket, would you say? That you're Every year of? I've been alive. Every year that Tori Koshi has been alive. That's 18. That's 18, yeah. But not this year. We're already past the primary rounds. We are facing a quarterfinal match. This is the farthest the Burning Tails have been in the brackets well, since I was five. And I know I look young, but it's a long time. A really long time. Okay, watch yourself. Yes, yes, coach. And I know this is a bit of an imposition. From what I gather, the courier service just sent you out here to learn... Uh, we get a lot of couriers passing through, especially folks who, you know, are looking at being all couriers or doing any kind of special training. It's not usual that you'd get recruited into the team. Uh, we ask special permission from your captains and uh, other representatives to allow you to compete this year. This is a big deal to the Burning Tales. Like I said, we haven't been this far in a long time. And so if you are willing to learn especially willing to learn through competition, we're honored to have you. I mean, I think it's uh, certainly an honor that goes both ways. 
we were told when we were sent out here. I don't know. I, actually, I don't know what Braith was told. I'm going to be honest. I don't know what Braith was told. But when I was sent out here, I was told it was going to be an educational experience uh, alone. And um, I've uh, uh, I've never gotten to do a joust or anything like this. So I got to be honest. I'm kind of excited. Uh, I've always wanted to. So I guess. She kind of, June kind of like looks between Tori Koshi and Coach Divya. I mean, I'm all in. Good. Yeah. It, you know, trial by fire, it's how you learn. Good. Well, we have a lot of work to do. Now, Tori Koshi, this is his first run at the captaincy. Uh, I think it's a look that's going to look really good on him. So, Tori Koshi, you're leading. What do we do first? How do you want to put these two through their paces and judge their skills? I see a mountain and I want to climb it. I see a river and I want to sail. If there's a victory, you know I will find it. Never been the type who is happy to fail. A million miles from my front door, there's things that are worth fighting for. Nothing's gonna stop me, friend or foe. When it's all we know. Here we go, rising higher and farther. Only to far and up in the sky. When we fly. When we're flying, we're ready and trying to only do aim to show. When it's all we know. Do you love Star Wars but kind of wish you didn't? Then join us on the Expounded Universe podcast as we read through all the old Star Wars novels that took the galaxy far, far away that you know and love and turned it into a place where Han Solo can punch a giant otter and Luke Skywalker almost gets eaten by a giant gold-plated pillar of Dinty Moore beef stew. Did you like Princess Leia? Well, too bad! Now she's a space racist. Don't believe me? You'll just have to listen to find out on Expounded Universe.